0: Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. I would start introductions, but Myra just left to go get coffee, but we'll start slow, shall we? Welcome to another episode of No More Leadership BS. I am Jeff Conroy from Conroy Leadership Consulting in beautifuls Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And with us today is our usual cast of characters starting with the doctor, Dr. Sam Jennings. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm super well, happy to be here, and it's another gorgeous day to have a podcast. Can't wait. Yeah, it's 35 degrees out, and you're sitting in the
0: carfus. I'm in the carfus. Life is grand. (laughs) (laughs) And next up, the tree himself,
2: Mr. Geyer. How are you, my brother? good morning mr conroy and everybody else afternoon or evening wherever you're listening whenever you're listening to this podcast yeah i'm excited to be here i'm coming to to you from the beautiful and sunny chicagoland area today wow the Mm. traveling jeff Man, yeah you know that that whole thing they the court dropped it so i'm able to fly again you're able to get your ankle bracelet (laughs) that's That's right (laughs) fantastic
0: And the rose amongst the thorns, Miss Myra Hall. How are things in Anderson, Indiana?
3: I am. I feel so good to have one of you close, but Jeff Geyer is just up the road for me for hours. That would have been really cool to have been able to coordinate something to see. But yes, it is sunny. It's beautiful after having a very cold week this week. I am just very appreciative of the sun and the sunshine of these wonderful people I get to meet with today. Oh,
0: uh, that's right! And three of you are amazing. Next, the Madman of Otis Orchard, Geoff McLaughlin. Oh, how's it going, everybody?
4: I know it's like exciting because you know Dr. Sam's in his carpus. I'm in my carp. The weather is actually quite—it's changing, and of course, I just am about to get my shipment for my shed project in my backyard. Just as the weather's changing to own rain, it's the perfect
0: timing of everything. I'm so excited! Do you need help with that shed? Because I've got Geyer's phone number. You know it. <laughs> I'll you. I could use his help. This is going to be a fun special episode because on every podcast episode we do, we always ask at the end, if you have any questions, if you want to be a part, let us know. Give us a call and let's talk. And we were approached, what, a month ago by a wonderful reporter with the Coeur Press and here in Coeur Idaho, Devin Weeks, and she wanted to run a, an article on us for the uh, Business Journal of North Idaho. Did I say that right? Spokane Business Journal. Court d'Alene is the North Idaho business, business journal.
5: Business Journal of North Idaho. Okay.
0: Gotcha. No, business Journal of North Idaho. And she wrote a really great article for us. And the front cover was the five of us in our natural habitats showing all of our personality and we're incredibly appreciative. And so we said, Hey, Devin, why don't you come and do an an episode with us? And we can talk about media and accuracy in the media and getting information out to the people. Um, because it's the same thing going on in leadership. The big thing with leadership is clarity of information and clarity of, of uh, tasks. So this would fall in perfectly with that. So today I want to introduce my friend, our friend, Devin Weeks with the Coeur Press. How are you, Devin?
5: I'm doing well. Good morning, Jess and company. It's so lovely to see you all. And thank you so much for having me this morning.
0: Now, when you say all, do you mean Everybody.
5: <laughs> all of those beautiful people I see on the screen, yes. <laughs>
1: four, four,
0: four of the five. So when you and I talked in the green room, when we were all talking in the green room, we were talking about getting information out in, into the community. And we're in a time where information's coming from everywhere and everybody thinks they're an expert and everybody thinks that they're right. How does that affect you as a
5: reporter? It affects my work daily. And I do want to just give a little disclaimer. I'm speaking on behalf of myself. I'm not representing the press at all. This is my own opinions and my my opinions are my own. So I just wanted to Mm -hmm. throw it out there before anybody (laughs) sticks me with any legal papers or anything. But so (laughs) I was a big Bill Ned Science Guy fan as a kid. And this is something that he always said just about every episode. Consider the source. That's something that I've thought about my entire life. Thank you, Bill Nye. But in journalism, especially, and in this world, especially, it is so incredibly important to consider where you're getting your information. And if you're thinking about that, maybe you should compare the information you're getting from this source with the information you're getting from another source and not just take everything at face value and take everybody's opinions as fact. It is an incredibly difficult job some days to either clean up misinformation that has been thrown out there to try to inform people when they've already made their decisions based on inaccuracies and this misinformation spreads like wildfire. I'm not a I'm not a firefighter, <laughs> but I feel like some days I have to be. And it really makes it challenging, but it also makes it so beautiful and rewarding when we get our information out and people listen and people understand that we have done our research. We have gone the extra length to make sure what we are disseminating is accurate and educational entertaining or whatever it is that we're trying to provide to people but you don't spend five years in school to not make your life's work meaningful and yeah it's a it's a little difficult sometimes to see and especially i don't think journalists really receive the credit that they should There are some bad journalists out there, Um, don't get me wrong, but we work really hard and I don't even know if people, if people spent a day in my newsroom, they'd be like, whoa. How long long have you been a journalist? I've been at the press since 2013, but previous to that, I was a student journalist for three years at North Idaho College. I was the managing editor of the award-winning student publication, The Sentinel, which was just my favorite time in my life, I would say. And then I was also a student journalist in high school for... About three and a half years. Add all that up, maybe 14, 15 years or so. So a couple. <laughs> yeah, no big deal.
3: I'm dying to ask a question because there is journalists and then there's pundits. And I feel like there's a, a huge difference between that and that, which could be causing the angst that you're feeling. Is Some news is presented as opinions and it's not well-researched. Obviously, you could book a whole write into it. But do you feel like that is because of that, that everybody's painting journalists with the broad, brush? I would say, Myra, that news is being, pre- let's see, you said, I would say
5: opinion is being presented as news. Yes. And yes. that's where the confusion lies because yeah, you can listen to opinions, but if you don't know the difference between opinion and fact, then that, that's that's a problem. And that is what's happening. Things are being presented as fact, when they are your opinion, and it, it's a struggle. The struggle is real. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Devin, you mentioned that there could be bad actors, right? Some journalists, yeah, they're not doing their part. It's true, mm-hmm. I think, in every industry. Not mm-hmm. every CEO is a money-grubbing schmuck. Some are, that's just mm-hmm. how it is. But for folks who don't have an insight to the journalistic process, What's one thing you would love for people to know about how you do what you do to get the best information out so people can get good quality data?
5: I like like I was saying earlier, consider the source. I would like people to look at where they're gathering their information and you know, look at who is writing it. Is there even a byline on what you're looking at? There's a lot of stuff out there that is just thrown out with nobody being accountable for that information. It's just put out there. It might be a collection of people. It might be a marketing thing, but I think it's really important for people to consider who is providing that information and is somebody willing to put their name on it, which I am always, I will always put my name on what I what I do. Sometimes we do a little bylay called like press staff, which is where it's a collective effort, but it's all of us working together to make sure that information is correct and relevant and everything. So I would really look at names see if there's ways to get in touch with those people and even look them up and see what some of their other works are because there are things out there that there's like advert- advertorial writing I don't know if you guys are familiar with that but right. it's it's a type of marketing you read a whole story about like dental implants and you're like wow this is really a good deal and at the end of it it's like Advertorial content paid for by blah, blah, blah clinic. And you're like, ah, foiled again. It's really important. And also look at the section you're reading. Are you reading something that's in the opinion section? Are you reading (laughs) a letter to the editor? That's opinion. That's not fact. It's people's opinions. They're very, people are obviously allowed to have their opinions, but be an educated consumer and know the difference. That's, it starts with us really.
4: So I got a question because as it pertains to leadership that in In journalism, I think a lot of people, especially media, multimedia, social media, the newsprint is a little, I think has more integrity than say the actual news on TV. So my question would be this is what happens from your perspective when a mistake is made, how does somebody maintain integrity so that Mm -hmm. they can get that trust in that source, in that reporter, in that media that, Mm -hmm. that people still go, wait a minute, they made a mistake. Instead of going, oh, they're just, they're fake news. Look at that. They made one mistake and now they're not real. How do you go about trying to maintain that trust with the consumer?
5: Yeah, no, fair point. And boy, do I cringe when I hear that phrase, Mm -hmm. fake news. (laughs) I've just got to say it right now. It's like, I hear it and I'm like, we are human beings (laughs) and we all do make mistakes. And when you're cranking out, say, a thousand articles in one year, you're going to make an error. It's just a fact. That is a fact. That is not opinion. Own it. You have to own it. I absolutely abhor having to file corrections, but the minute I realize something is either inaccurate or not represented correctly, I contact my editor and I say, okay, this happened. What do we do? So then we would file a correction and let people know what the correct information is. And then you got to go on with your life. And if you are making continual, if you're continuously making these errors, you should probably rethink how you're getting your work done, what the issues are. Maybe you shouldn't be a journalist if you're just making mistakes all the time. Um, It's But it comes down to accountability. I will own my mistakes. If somebody calls, as much as I flinch to have to listen to that, Yep, I know I got it wrong. I did. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, I will put it in print, whatever it was that got wrong that I got wrong, and then you have to move on. Just a really quick side note. My brother got my husband and I matching mugs one year for Christmas. And I had just gotten into an argument with him about things. And I'm like, no, I know this for certain. Don't look at Google. I know this. And we're going back and forth. So my husband opens his present and it says. Mr. Right. And then I opened my present and it's a mug that says, Mrs. Always Right. And my brother laughed so hard because I had just gotten into <laughs> such an argument with him about something because <laughs> I'm like, I know I'm right. And he said, yeah. So, where can, so where can I get that mug for my wife? <laughs> I, I don't know where he got it, but <laughs> it was. So I really strive in my work and in my daily life to not be wrong. <laughs> my husband loves it too. there's there's a difference between
1: being right and being the last voice and being correct and accurate Mm -hmm. i think that there's a confusion between those two things and being correct is a great thing to strive for Mm -hmm. always being right
5: you won't have many friends left (laughs) right yeah that's correct it's a weird thing you have to want to be right you like i agonize over my articles you guys like i I read them multiple times. I have make sure my editors read them, and I'm like, "Did you have any questions about this? Does this sound right?" Because there's some really, really like nebulous stuff out there, like regarding like school levies and tax rates and all this stuff. I'm not a mathologist by any means, so when I have to do those stories. I need somebody to back me up a little
4: bit. Write that down, mythologist. <laughs> yeah, I can only count to ten.
5: So I hope that answers your question, Sam.
1: Uh, <laughs> it was wonderfully responded to. I appreciate that.
5: <laughs> I'm a little long winded, so please cut me off if needed.
2: Oh goodness, have you, no! Have you have you not met us? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so Devin, thanks for coming on, and thanks for writing an article. I can. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm listening between the lines. The integrity that that you have in your journalistic endeavors and the articles you write, and that integrity obviously is going to be held also in, in other areas of your life, right? Not just when you're writing news articles. And as we relate that to to leadership, not saying that all leaders need more integrity, but kind of all leaders need more integrity. How do we as consumers and i'm thinking about a leadership now i'm the leader of an organization and the uh, employees of the organization are consuming what i'm writing what i'm saying what i'm communicating how do i through what i write or what i say can i get my listeners my employees, to trust and understand that that the integrity that's behind what we're trying to put out because heard you when you were talking about the integrity you have and the work you put into your articles and things. And I'm thinking we, we could probably throw a dart at a wall and hit a journalist that does absolutely the opposite of what you're talking about. So how do we discern that? How as leaders can we make sure the people following us can believe what we're telling them?
5: So the first thing that comes to my mind is communication. You have to be able to have open communication with people so that they know that they can trust you. And that's the next word is trust. You have to build rapport. You have to bring people into your world and build a relationship with them. And I tried to do that with my readers. For those of you who are familiar with my work, when I first started out, I was really into like feature writing, which I still absolutely love. But I just wanted to bring people into my world and show them how I was seeing things. And feature writing is a little more fluffy and there's more imagery and things like that but you have to build a relationship with your readers and bring them into your world and have them trust you. The communication part too, be relatable. Have you ever heard of writing a read? Like what's your lead? I always try to write something interesting. Like I have this goal with myself to never start stories with the same word if I can, because that is so easy to do. So I try to come up with like different adjectives or something that I can begin my stories with, but hook people, bring them into your world, be relatable build that communication and that trust with them and make yourself a credible source who they'll want to trust. So I hope that makes sense because my goals, and I think in like leadership or any sort of organizational arena, I think that would be the same thing that you want to build trust, have open communication and be a reliable source who people want to hear from and go
3: to with whatever they may, whatever their needs are awesome that is relatable to leadership because at leadership leaders are people People too they're humans they make mistakes and somehow give the people that you're given to lead to, to take to higher heights see you as infallible and when you fall sometimes it's real hard to gain that trust back again And and it should be, it could have nothing to do with you, or it could have everything to do with their experiences in life and being let down by other people that they trusted. For sure. But it's, I think, when you express your integrity, I think that's all we can do as leaders is when we fall, which we, it's not if, it's when to be open and say, I screwed up. I screwed up if there's an apology necessary, make it, and ask them to hold you accountable if that's what has to be done, which is what you're doing. As a journalist, that sounds to me like exactly what you're asking people to do. Yeah, and I think owning
5: it, especially from a leader's perspective, I think owning it is such a big deal so that people can see that you are a human, and you are doing your best, and hey, you're a human like Me. me, you're not in some ivory tower. And it's really important. I don't know, I adore my editors and my bosses, but I have always had a really good relationship and been, I've been able to tell them <laughs> much to their chagrin, I'm sure. Pretty much anything that's in my mind, anything that I need help with, anything I'm struggling with. And I think that communication part is so valuable when you're working with other people. Yeah,
4: yeah. So I'm curious, I was never, I enjoyed the written word. I enjoy reading, I am not. Uh, an article writer. It's it's not my thing, but I'm curious as a writer, how did you develop your skills? And then could you kind of walk us through what's the steps that you'd go through for a story? Because I'm just curious because I don't know a lot of people that are, I know some people that are in journalism, but not, uh, I don't have the the relationship to be able to ask them these questions. What's your process from start to finish? How do you get a story from A to B? Like, how does that happen?
5: (laughs) Oh, Jeff, I love that question, actually. So I have had a lot of job shadows through the years and high school students who need to do their senior projects. For all the writing and listening I do, it's so joyful to be able to share a little bit from my perspective. So I have to give a shout out to my sixth grade English teacher, Karen Grace, who I had at Canfield Middle School, who was the first person to really, aside from my mom, but my mom loves me no matter what I do. She was the first person to actually say, you have a gift for writing. I'm like, I do? And then seventh grade, eighth grade come along and I just like, I'm a talented writer and I loved writing. And I was always in honors English and language arts classes. And then I get to ninth grade and I get into journalism. That's when I discovered publications. And then in 10th grade is when Nils Rose, lovely man and a big mentor for me, came to my publications class and pitched the Sentinel and got me interested in student journalism. And, and I just, I love talking to strangers. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Like I always have, even as a kid talking to people in the grocery store, my mom, come on, let's go. Don't be talking to random people. (laughs) And it's just part of my personality, the writing process. So once you get all your training and you know what needs to be done for stories, there's the W's who, what, where, when, why, like a standard news story, is that they call it inverted pyramid style. So you start with the broadest and most important information, and then you trickle down as you go through the story. So your lead should have the Ws, what happened, who did it happen to, where did it happen? Of course, some leads are a little more windy and meandering than others, but for a standard news story, you would start there. Myself, when I'm done with an interview or an assignment and I'm driving back to the newsroom, I'm thinking about my lead. Like, what's my headline of my lead going to be? And there's this thing called like the tell mom, the tell mom bit. Like when I'm done with an assignment, if I were to call my mom, what would be the first thing I tell her? Mom, I got to be on this awesome podcast with these amazing business leader people uh, at 730 in the morning, probably the earliest I've gotten up on the weekend in a long time, but I learned a lot. And so I would go into what really pops out of that conversation, out of that interaction, and then go from there. Some stories are a lot easier to write than others, for sure. But you always have to be thinking, how am I going to frame this? How am I going to condense this down? What are the most important pieces? And what do I want to communicate about what happened at this event or during this seminar or whatever it may have been?
0: So you said that you were on a podcast with these amazing business leaders. At the end of the show, can you tell us who that is? So we. (laughs) Um, the question I've got for you though, is being a journalist has got to be held these, Mm -hmm. especially these days. What is the hardest part of getting the story
5: done? There, every story is a little different, Jeff, but sometimes it's just getting people to call us back. That mistrust with the media has really killed Mm -hmm. our rapport with elected officials, people in leadership people who don't think the media is important and people don't trust the media <laughs> that has been one of the hardest things in the past I'd say five or so years is people just oh you're fake news I'm not going to talk to you I used to love going out on doing man on the street hey this is happening in our community what do you think about it like I said love to talk to talking to random strangers not a problem but like It you start feeling like a door-to-door salesman because you get so many no's that it just breaks your soul a little bit. It's like, the story was about like new years and resolutions. I don't know why people don't want to talk about this. It's not controversial, but all of a sudden, nobody will talk to me. So that is soul-crushing. Also, just the generalizations that people make about us that, oh, they're the press they're awful or oh they're in the media they're not good people and you can have your opinions but you shouldn't generalize until you actually get to know your local hometown reporter who has lived here her entire life and put her heart and soul into her job and i try to treat everybody as fairly as possible even when people are ripping me to shreds or ripping my newspaper to shreds i also do have to say it has been difficult to bite my tongue and not have an opinion myself and that's something that I have I've really strived to not make the news (laughs) you know what I mean I'm an observer I'm not a creator of the news hell yeah yeah I tell what's happening but I don't need to be in the middle of what's happening that's why this is so exciting to be here with you guys because I'm usually just a fly on the wall but yeah there's some days are harder than others for sure but at the end of the day it's the most rewarding job and it's my life I wouldn't have it any other way I can't say any other way there are some improvements that could be made or some things that I wish we could go back to, but it's it's an important job and I, I don't take that lightly.
0: What do you do to keep going?
5: I love my cats. My cats are like <laughs> my safe space and they always love me and give me a moment to just clear my mind. Think about the people out there, like all the kids whose stories I've written about their, their accomplishments, their Idaho inventions, their awards, and all the clippings that are on their parents' walls are in scrapbooks, or the grandmothers who whose grandkids see them in the paper for quilting the award-winning quilt at the fair. Those stories mean so much to those people, and it is such an honor to write their stories and give them some sort of immortality through, that sounds a bit lofty, sorry, to give them a little, like, just a memento of this time in their life, of this thing that they did or saw or participated in, and, and that that is really important to me to be able to give people that gift
3: yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't think of this, yeah, this, I don't think in immortality is a bit lofty. I was just sitting thinking about two of my prized possessions are newspaper articles about my mother when she was she was main mother of the year, and the other one <laughs> was for my father who was a local judge, and I cherish them they they have details in there that i might not remember any other way. And I get to pass that on down to my kids. So don't say that's a lofty. That (laughs) and exactly what happens.
5: Yeah. Cherished items. I talk to my sports guys sometimes. I'm like, think of how many clippings you guys are in, because our sports editor has been with the press or at least with the our news network. (laughs) Almost as as long as I've been alive. (laughs) Not trying to date him or anything. So Um, fifteen fifteen years. (laughs) At least 20. Um, I'm like, think of like how many parents are so proudly displayed, the pictures you guys take, the articles you write of their kids, like getting all these awards in sports and stuff. And that's why it's important, again, the accuracy part and to put your heart and soul into the work, because this is something people are going to read later. This is something that's on the internet forever and you got to get it right. And you get one shot. So no pressure.
4: No worries. No, I'm a good speller. G-U-D-S-P-E-L-O-R. Yeah.
5: <laughs> well, Jess, you may need a little news writing help with that. <laughs> <laughs> is it accurate?
4: <laughs> Accurating? <laughs> no. Is, is it
5: your opinion? That's, that is correct. You're allowed to have your opinion. Is it factually correct? No.
3: And just FYI, opinions are the lowest form of thought. Just pretending like, I mean, that. Isn't that so true? Yeah, it doesn't cape. Yeah. And that's a fact. That's not my opinion.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Sounded like an opinion. I don't know. It
3: was documented. Yeah.
0: So you brought something that's about sports writers. I brought it up on a past episode that when I was eight years old, I got first place in my local hometown punt, pass, and kick. I was eight. What was it? Punt, pass, and kick. Punt, pass, and kick. Oh, see, I'm old. So Ford used to put together a punt, pass, and kick for kids where who could punt at the farthest who could kick at the farthest who could oh, throw at the farthest cool. i was eight i was eight it was the height of my athletic ability
5: <laughs> i feel and, you,
0: Jeff. <laughs> yeah and i remember it because i've got a trophy it's a good it's a trophy and mm-hmm. i remember going to the high school football game and getting my picture taken and in my i'm from pendleton oregon eastern oregon say hi to my sister jenny let her buck and uh, my sister called me up and she goes hey do you know in the Easter Oregonian, they do a thing where it says a hundred years ago, fifty years ago, twenty-five years ago, and I go, "Yeah." She goes, "Yeah." It says fifty years ago, and she took a picture of it. Sent to it says fifty years ago, Jeff Conroy and these other people won first place in the punt passing kick. I don't know if I wanted that memory relived or the fact that it says fifty years ago on top of that. So I'm all no. about posterity. <laughs> But some stuff's
5: got to go. It's, isn't it a nice reminder of that moment in time that was captured by that photographer and that yeah, article was. writer? And I had hair. I just want to say, speaking of those memories, like my, the first time I remember being in the newspaper, I was in Jean Turhark's music class at Bora Elementary here in Coeur d'Alene. Are you a and Bora I, girl? I'm a Bora lion. Oh, my <laughs> kids
0: are Bora kids, man. Yay!
5: Go for it. I absolutely loved that school. But yeah, I remember looking up at the photographer and I was the only kid who looked, which you're not supposed to really look when the photographers say, picture yourself to act natural. And uh, my mom put it in my baby book and that was my first experience with a uh, newspaper fame and I been hooked my whole life. Yeah, that's
4: cool. <laughs> that's cool. They're, when they're
0: young, that's the key. Hook them when they're young. Yeah. <laughs> so moving forward, what are we going to continue seeing challenges in credibility or is there certain media news outlets that that are more neutral? I know nothing about the press, sorry, but I'm assuming that there are media outlets to serve all needs. Are there some that are just more, I'm going to use the word mainstream, mainstream, more mainstream, more center of the road than others?
5: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely news entities that skew one way or the other. We're a hometown local newspaper. Some days we're a crazy liberal left-leaning rag, and other days we're the most conservative paper. You'll find it just depends on who you ask. It, there's a big difficulty, especially, like I was talking about that mistrust of the media. It just, unfortunately, people can make everything political and controversial. People really just need to be considering where they're getting their information from. And I can't say one or the other is one way or the other. Cause I, I don't know. I think every article is a little different. I don't know that that's a tough question in today's climate. Okay.
1: We're just talking about you. Go ahead. (laughs) Let uh, Devin off the hook a little bit. I got the Google fire going here and to our listeners, if you do Google up um, news source reviews, liberal conservative, like all in one search, you'll get responses where outside bodies rate different news sources based on where they tend to fall on that liberal conservative spectrum. So you can choose for yourself where you think the most unbiased news source comes from based on other people's research. Now, of course, you have to believe their research is somewhat accurate, but sometimes you take that tiny step of faith to get to someplace good. Um, if you jump in the middle of these rated news sources, you may get to a spot where you feel pretty comfortable with the information you're getting.
5: Thank you, Sam. It's hard for me to talk about other news entities when I'm so dedicated to the one that I work for. <laughs> i thought maybe <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell the editor nice things about you please do i really want to end with the kitchen duty
1: what else we got One thing that that's been, uh, it's been it has been incredible and one thing that's rattling around in my mind is how this continually ties into leadership and responsibilities of somebody who's got responsibility for somebody else the leader's responsibility is for their people sometimes it's formal sometimes it's a job and other times it's informal, like a parent or a teacher who's talking to kids that aren't in their class, for example. And one thing I used to say to other leaders, when I'd manage up was just because you don't like the news, doesn't make it fake. Yeah. So this is, the yeah. this is the information we've got, whether you like it or not, this is where we're going. Yeah. So from here, how do we move forward? I think if people could take a step back and observe their situation that Let's assume this is true. Let's start there. Now, what is a decent course of action? Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, Devin, assume it's true. OK, believe it's reasonable. And then dig into where they got their information. If they're consistently accurate in this source, being trusted. If yes, then I just got bad news. That sucks. So now what? Dealing with that little miniature feeling of loss. Yeah, we're all humans here. We're going to have that. The question is, how do you respond? Hopefully like a grown up <laughs> and make a course of action that gets you down a path you would rather be on
0: yeah yeah it, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's wrong
3: absolutely is there yeah is there a possibility that we're not overall taking a responsibility for for learning what's true and what's not
2: it, is there just, a pop, uh, is there a possibility yeah I'd say it's a hundred percent possibility yeah.
3: that we don't filter it through what we know already we just join the crowd but i, I me what she left was so important for everybody listening this to know is she's a reporter she's a person we're all people you'll stop and listen and understand as they're human beings doing the best they know how to do and and if there's an issue have communication don't throw rotten eggs it that applies across the board
0: yeah well, I think, and I think social media is added to the problem because you're not standing in front of somebody spouting the wind. You're doing it behind their back underneath a an, an emo, emoji and you can trash talk somebody all you want without ramifications. And that's the worst. And people are on social media all the time. We were talking earlier about at stop signs. People are scrolling through their phones and not going when it's green because they're so enamored and entranced with social media and looking at their phones and not going out and seeing... What's the truth?
5: And here's a peculiar phenomenon regarding social media. You can pick and choose the news that you consume. Yeah. Whereas with the a newspaper, algorithm. you are getting, you wouldn't be looking. But how are you supposed to know what's happening? If you don't, if you don't know it's happening, how do you know to look for it? You know what I mean? It's kind of a strange thing that's developed. I mean, yes, you get the, all the stuff in your feed. I can't even begin to tell you how many cat videos pop up on my feed. But I, <laughs> when I open the newspaper, I love looking at the regional, the national, the world news, things that I'm not seeing on my feeds or that the internet hasn't discovered I may have some sort of interest in. Therefore, it's going to bombard me with. Yep. Um, so that thing I think we've lost. Like you said, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's wrong. And we need to get back to being able to critically think about the information that's being put out there and sent our way so that we can make those informed decisions about how we feel about things and not, oh, I don't like this. I'm not gonna read it. Not gonna say I haven't stopped reading a story part ways for various reasons, but I try to power through so that I understand the whole thing because we journalists we sometimes have thought processes that go into our articles and we wrap them up a certain way for a reason. I always like to leave people if I can with a good quote the kind that kind of somebody said. But yeah, that's my two cents.
0: Yeah. <laughs> my wife will always say if there's something going on in our lives, she'll say, are we the bad guy? Do we need to look at the other side of it? And I really wish more people would do that, but leaders need to do that as well. If your team's not following you, if you're on a long, lonely journey by yourself, that's when the leader needs to look at themselves and go, okay, what am I doing wrong? Do, or what am I not doing that I should be doing? And honestly, in my opinion, I think 99% of it is communication. You're not communicating properly about expectations, needs, wants with, with any clarity, and you're just assuming. You, you're giving them, you guys need to go do this. And when they're not doing it properly or doing it effectively and efficiently, then you're going to rain on them. And that, that's not what we want to do. Uh, I think clarity is everything. I think clarity in the whole world is everything. That Maybe I'm that dreamer. I don't know.
5: Hmm. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Yeah.
4: Technology, when all of a sudden we can read each other's minds and that'll
0: change everything. It's a
5: scary. Sound <laughs> that yeah,
0: that would be not good. <laughs> Devin, I appreciate you. And I appreciate you coming on here and joining us and talking. And personally, I think you're an extraordinary journalist. I do read your articles and I've always appreciated you and you've always treated me fairly in the past and I've always taken it as someone who actually cares about her community. So I appreciate you joining us today. I'm glad the other four people were on their best behavior. (laughs) <laughs> so that was good. Is there anything else you guys want to say to her before we go? Oh, it's been an honor to get to know you and to hear your process. It's been
4: really cool, and also see your cats because they made an appearance. For those that were, <laughs> <laughs> she, she is a
0: cat. She is a cat lady, and she loves ghosts and haunted houses.
5: Oh yeah, that was Tweepy. She is our office assistant. My husband works from home, and so she's very, at, she's very at home in front of the monitors.
3: I just want to add that her bio will be Devin's bio will be in our show notes along with the way to contact her, if you'd like to reach out and ask her any more questions.
4: Yep. Awesome.
3: What a privilege it's been to, to spend
5: the morning with you guys. Thank you so much for having me, Myra, Sam, Jeff and Jeff. <laughs> Jeff cubed. <laughs> Jeff cubed. So yeah, please, if ever you need me, press.com. I am, uh, I'm around. I love North Ida. I love this community. I love journalism. I love people. And I love you guys. You're amazing. Thank you so much for working with me and helping me write an awesome article about you too. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Devin. If you have any questions or you have any input on this episode, please reach out to us at ask Until next time. We'll... <laughs> Until next time.
1: Until next time.
0: Wait for it. <laughs> Wait for it. That was my dramatic pause. <laughs> Until next time, make it a great day and we'll see ya.
4: Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at leadershipbs.co. That's leadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.